Welcome to Category Visionaries, the show dedicated to exploring exciting visions for the future from the founders who are on the front lines building it. In each episode, we'll speak with a visionary founder who's building a new category or reimagining an existing one. We'll learn about the problem they solve, how their technology works, and unpack their vision for the future. I'm your host, Brett Stapper, CEO of Frontlines Media. Now let's dive right into today's episode. Hey, everyone, and thanks for listening. Today, I'm speaking with Matthias Stratton, CEO of Ogre, an energy management platform that's raised more than 2 million euros in funding. Matthias, thanks for chatting with me today. Hi, Brett. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, no problem. So before we begin talking about what you're building, can you start with a quick summary of who you are and a bit more about your background? Okay, so um, I'm Matthias. I studied uh, business and finance in university. And in about 2006, I started my career as a consultant. I was very active in projects which were both uh, strategic and technical. So I was doing things like financial schemes for the EBRD or the World Bank, or developing more technical projects like uh, digitalization projects for utility companies. Before Ogre, I was very involved in the um, utilities field. And at group level, we had built, let's say, two balancing responsible parties with about 600 clients. So I got a first insight into basically how to build the analytics solutions and how important they are. So this is a very high level intro. Very cool. And two questions we like to ask just to better understand what makes you tick as a founder. Is there a CEO that you're studying right now? And if so, who is it and why are you studying them? I cannot say that I'm studying a CEO right now. I have studied in the past. I guess Steve Jobs would have to be my first pick and has always been because of his it's a great ability to mix creativity with the business and product development. And in my opinion, I think he's really the person that has built some, if not the best products around. As a longtime iPhone user, I have to agree. They, uh, <laughs> they do build the best products. Yes. And what about books? Is there a specific book that's had the greatest impact on you as a founder? I think in general, I'm very inspired by numerous articles or books to be honest, but I think something which always pops to mind because uh, I did get this question quite recently would be The Man Who Sold the Market, probably by Gregory Zuckerman. It's a book about Jim Simmons, basically, and it, it describes the story of how technologies that we use today in Ogre, such as AI, machine learning, basically how they were invented. And it's just a story of uh, some of the greatest technology builders of all time. Nice. I'll have to check that out. I haven't read that one. Yeah, it's a very, very nice book. And let's switch gears here and talk about Ogre AI and what you guys are building there. So could you walk us through the origin story and then give us the high-level pitch that you're making to customers to get them to buy the product? Okay, firstly, the origin of the story comes from the fact that we had, uh, let's say, first-hand insight into how important forecasting is. As I mentioned earlier um, in your first question, I was working uh, in a group of companies where we had two balancing responsible parties with about 680 clients. And we saw how, um, let's say, bad forecasts or average uh, quality forecasts affect the losses of these companies. So we got to understand how important they are. Moreover, as I was implementing other solutions as a consultant or writing digital strategies, I already got insights into what will happen to the field, how utilities will digitalize over time. So I think this was the actual, let's say, a story behind the origin of Ogre. I also had the chance to meet very, very proficient people in terms of AI and machine learning. My two partners, Mihai and Paul, they're very proficient in this. Mihai is a professor at Oxford. Paul was also, um, let's say, a quantum hedge fund. So they have a very big understanding of the topics. 
So we kind of connected all the information from my background, from the energy field and their background, and we tried to push some of the best solutions around. This is what we're building. And who are the ideal target customers that you're after? In a nutshell, I would say we are targeting all types of operators from the energy field along the whole value chain. Whether you're talking about uh, generation, uh, supply or distribution or transmission system operators, we basically target the whole value chain uh, from small producers to very large scale, let's say DSOs and TSOs. So we have products for all these, um, let's say, uh, operators. And we're planning to build very advanced energy management systems that can even do, let's say, grid level management. And when you're having these conversations with them, you know, what are some of their hesitations or concerns that prevent them from buying a solution like yours? Mostly, uh, there is a lot of, let's say, problems with the data quality. And depending on the region where you're trying to sell the product, these problems may be, you know, better or worse. But in general, they do know that they have problems with the data because it's a highly regulated business. Sometimes even the legislation in certain areas doesn't help the way that they store their data, the way that they uh, manage their, let's say, the historical data, especially that you use to do forecasting, for example. So I think most of the problems are related to data quality, but also obviously to trials which have been done in the past, for example, and have failed. So it's hard to sometimes come back from failed projects to go and sell your product to companies which have had failed attempts in the past. That makes a lot of sense. And in terms of geography, where are you focused? Is it on Romania? Is it on Europe as a whole? Or where are you focusing your efforts? We're focusing on Europe for now because we had a lot of opportunities even locally. So we didn't really get a chance to scale very much outside of our region, let's say, because we had a lot of projects to implement and very complex projects uh, for big DSOs with big challenges. So we wanted to have all this uh, you know, applied knowledge before we scale um, outside of our region. In a nutshell, I think we have enough opportunities here and we had enough opportunities not to be able to worry about um, scaling for the, for the time being. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And what's the competitive landscape look like? Are you seeing other companies you know, raise funds to try to solve this problem? And then what do the legacy solutions look like? I think the legacy solutions and the competition usually has very isolated, let's say, forecasting solutions, for example, like the generation forecast solution is aimed just for the producers. The demand forecast is usually aimed just for suppliers or DSOs. What happens is they have very isolated solutions, which ultimately are not integrated. And we believe that through integration of uh, the data, through integration of the operators, we can bring ultimate efficiency to grids, both financially and operationally. So I think if we have to look towards the future, and we are trying to be part of it, in a very serious way, we are trying to integrate and to not only have, let's say, the best forecasting individual silo solutions, but also to be able to integrate and to develop the real, first real grid-level AI, which has the capability to orchestrate the whole grid, to tell you when to store, to tell you when to take uh, energy, to transport it, where to take it, and um, how to do demand response, how to do storage, uh, when to tell people to inject energy into their cars and to charge them because this will become a huge problem over time as more and more electric cars are being bought by the population. So these problems, as time goes by, will only get more complicated. Mm -hmm. I think the renewables adoption as we try to go to a carbon-free economy will also have a huge impact 
on the reliability of energy supply and so forth. So I think a real energy management system that has, you know, a full 360 degree view of the grid and all, all the problems, all the potential hazards is uh, essential if you look, uh, you know, towards a smart future, towards a sustainable future. Nice. That makes a lot of sense. And are there any numbers that you can share in terms of adoption and growth? In terms of adoption and growth, I can tell you that we're currently forecasting about 90% of the demand in our local region. It's in our local country, and we are about to start in the, let's say, in the countries nearby to also do a very big portion of the energy demand. So I think the main focus, at least for us, has been on the demand and even the technical losses forecast, which is basically forecasting how much energy will be lost as grid operators provide the service. So this was, let's say, the main things that we found we could sell faster because they are highly needed by the big operators. We have focused less on selling, let's say, the solutions, for example, for generation, because uh, we wanted to also improve our solutions in the meantime with uh, you know, the money got, um, raised through funding. So today we are pretty confident that our solutions are uh, really uh, you know, ahead of the curve. And as you move through country by country, do the laws and regulations vary that much? And do you have to you know, redo the playbook every time? Or is it a repeatable playbook that you can use throughout each country as you go? I think it's repeatable. Our business, it's very scalable. Of course, the local regulations are different, but the principles stay the same. So because we have built a very scalable system, it's very easy for us to, let's say, to go from one region to the other. The legislations are obviously different and the incentives are different. So they may have, for example, in a region, you may have an incentive to reduce, uh, you know, non-technical losses, which are basically energy thefts, for example. So you may be incentivized to purchase such solutions. In other regions like the United States, you may be incentivized to reduce demand. So you may want to get a better solution to do demand forecast in order to better evaluate and plan. So it really depends. But there is always a need for such solutions. And especially now, as most of these companies are getting digitalized, there's, everybody has smart meters or soon will. This will be even of more importance as time goes by. And as I'm sure you've experienced, bringing an innovative product to market isn't easy. What's been the single greatest challenge you face and how'd you overcome that challenge? Well, Brett, to be honest, uh, the hardest uh, challenge was actually to implement projects, to further develop our systems and to do the recruitment at the same time. This was the biggest challenge because building the artificial intelligence requires uh, you know, a lot of talented individuals. They are always hard to find uh, on the employment market. So um, I think this balance between implementations and uh, research and development, this was the, let's say, the, the biggest challenge. How we managed to pull it off, I think it was because we had a very strong base of people to start off with, very proficient, which were able to fulfill certain gaps at certain points. So uh, I think uh, we're on a very good track, to say the least. And what excites you most about the work you get to do every day? The most exciting thing is actually the bright minds with whom I'm spending my time on a day-to-day basis. I'm very proud of the team that we've built and the efforts are really looking very promising, as I said. I think the second most important thing that I can think of uh, is that we're working on something which really can have a positive impact on uh, both the business world and the environmental and social aspects. So I think this is also very important to us. And we know that by reducing you know, the forecasting errors of uh, every 
operator, we can actually reduce the environmental damage and we can quantify all, uh, all this even in CO2 numbers and decarbonization and so forth. So we're trying to basically provide really real benefits to both, uh, you know, the business world society. So we're very excited to, to have built this great team that can also have a very important goal. And if we zoom out, what's the five-year vision look like for the company? My five-year or our five-year vision of the company, I would say, is we want to have the first real grid AI implemented. And we really want to show and have a proof of concept that this concept is really the way forward because we believe, we really believe, and we have done our calculation, is that we can really speed up the energy transition. We can really reduce this time by even up to 10% if you would have such a system put in place that can really manage and give uh, business intelligence and operate the whole grid on behalf of all operators. So I think uh, we want to build this for the company and obviously for the future. So my five-year vision would be to have a product which can actually orchestrate everything, even the cars to tell people when to charge their cars, to do demand response, to do all the things necessary in order to reduce all the inefficiencies and uh, everything which is being lost today, which is significant, really significant. Nice. I love that. And that's certainly exciting. Unfortunately, that's all we're going to have time to cover for today. Before we wrap, if people want to follow along with your journey, where's the best place for them to go? I think on our website or on LinkedIn, I think would be ideal. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time. And thanks for sharing your story and really love what you're building here. So let's definitely keep in touch. Thanks so much for your time. And thanks for the opportunity to discuss. Yeah, take care. Bye-bye.